Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben. And I am Keith. And we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast. Where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 146 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. And joining me today is a very clear-sounding Ray Vargas. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> now, now, that the, now that the long, dark night is over, we can start. <laughs> we can actually acknowledge how shitty the sound has been <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Joe? <laughs> it's going great. It's going great. I I don't know who's more excited about your new mic. You were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, I guess relieved <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Un until I just got home and started opening up the boxes, and then I got really excited. This is really nice. Yeah, and it doesn't take 15 tries to, to yeah. get it to work. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think <laughs> anyone else knows what you're talking about either. Uh, that's okay. To. Okay, it's been, it's, it's been an experience, but one where I think we're ready to move on from. Yeah, there's gonna uh, there's gonna be a little adjustment period where I realize I don't have to shout in order to communicate with you on this uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it sounds great, so I'm very excited. Um, what have you been up to, sir? It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, right? Well, summer is definitely in full swing now. Um, it's so cool. I mean, my job is the best in a lot of ways, but we get paid Fridays off in July. Mm -hmm. So basically every weekend in July is like a three-day weekend. Nice. Um, yeah, and it's just um, – been fun actually i was so excited for for the movie we're about to spoiler cast today um that i re-watched uh the two previous marvel movies before watching the new spider-man movie so i watched well no no that's not true i didn't watch the two previous i re-watched um spider-man homecoming mm-hmm then I rewatched um, Infinity War for like nice. the, the fifth time. Um, and then the day that we went to go see Spider-Man Far From Home, we actually watched the re-release of Endgame first. Was it worth it? Because I keep wanting to go and then just things – life keeps happening. But I, it's on my list of things to do. Yeah. I Well, and I read, you know, the, the kind of 
I did some research, of course, and people were saying online that it's not worth it, blah, blah. I, I didn't do it just for the extras. Like I wanted to rewatch Endgame in the theater. Mm-hmm. One and two, I wanted to, cause, cause what I had read, I mean, Joe, I don't know what you saw online or what, how much you avoid in terms of like spoilers, but as soon as the, the embargo was lifted on Spider-Man on Far From Home reviews, Mm-hmm. I didn't read any reviews because I didn't want to be, spo- you know, anything significant to be spoiled. But on Twitter, just everyone's quick, you know, limited characters take was this is an amazing movie. It's great. It's fun. And it picks up right where Endgame left off. And it it basically you get to explore the world you know, of the Marvel universe post Endgame a little bit or a lot mm-hmm. in this movie. So I was like, great, I want to watch Endgame and then I'm going to make it a double feature and go right into Far From Home and, you know, see how that works. And it was awesome. Did it, did it work really well? <laughs> oh my God, dude. It was so, especially because Endgame is so somber and serious and, you know, emotional. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it Far from home, besides just being like awesome and fun on in its own right, it was like the perfect like switch up. I don't want to say palate cleanser, but just like it was the perfect dessert. You know yes. what I mean? To the yeah, main yeah. course of Endgame. So yeah, I mean, and then watching rewatching Homecoming, I hadn't seen it for a while, so just seeing how well they established the whole world of like Spider Man in that movie uh, was pretty cool. You know, such a great villain with with um. What's his face? Mysterio? Um, no, no, no. In the first one, um, oh, the vulture. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that it, it was just fun taking that kind of journey again. And that, that's pretty much, that's the geeky stuff that I did really leading up to, to watching far from home this week. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I sort of started on, uh, <laughs> while I, while I was out of the the country, I was starting to read The Secret Invasion. But I think I mentioned last time that it's like a hundred issues long if you read everything that the <laughs> Ultimate uh, Marvel Unlimited wants you to read. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm going through it as much as I can, but it's like not not the quickest thing to do. <laughs> so I've been working with that, which which you know, as we will talk about in the um, in the spoiler cast, it, you know, does have some some impact on our enjoyment <laughs> of this movie um but i also got a new game controller because i have been using a g13 keypad for my gaming and what for those who don't know um it is like a little you know those um keypads you can plug into if you don't have um like little calculator numbers on the right hand side of your keyboard yes Okay, so it's like that, but it's on the left side of my desk. And where the thumb is, there's a joystick. Oh. So I can, you know, steer my character with my thumb, and then all of my attack buttons and everything are laid out, and it's like 20 different buttons there, and then there's like a trigger below my thumb and a button above my thumb. Like, it's really cool. Um, And... Uh, the Logitech was very similar to that, but they don't make it anymore. And I, this is literally like my fourth Logitech uh, G13 that I've gone through because I just I go through them quickly. Wow. I am, yeah, I'm not light on my keyboards. So um, so I got a – oh, and I'm going to forget what it was called. Um, it's a, a Tartarus, a um, Razer Tartarus. 
And it is. <laughs> I thought you said a TARDIS. I'm like, you got what? <laughs> it's a timey wimey stuff. No. Um, and it's, so it's, it's the basically the same thing, but it's like more aeronomically correct. And, um, and the keyboards, like, it's a little different, but oh my God, so much easier to use than like, the reviews were like, if you're using the G13 and you transition to the Tartarus, um, then you're, you're, it's actually going to feel good. Like a lot of times when you transition from something that you're used to something new, it's like an adjustment period. This mm-hmm. took no adjustment period and it's like comfortable and reacts well. So any of you who are out there who are like looking at your G- G13 going, Oh dear God, <laughs> it's going to die on me. Um, get yourself, you know, this is not sponsored. This is just experience. Get yourself a Razor Tartarus because it is awesome. Nice. It sounds like a cool hybrid between like controllers that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the problem. Like people talk to me about playing on consoles and they'll say, Hey, let's play like Mario Kart or something. And I don't use like console controllers, so I'm like useless yeah. on on that. But you put me in front of a, a computer and I can do pretty well. So nice, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump out of here, do the quick commercials, and we will be back with our spoiler cast for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love, so make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! And we are back. And as we mentioned before, we are going to do a 
spoiler cast for Spider-Man Far From Home. So if you've not seen the movie and you are worried about spoilers, um, first of all, go see the movie because it's amazing. And second of all, it is perfectly okay to stop right now, go see the movie, and then come back to us after you're done. But we will be spoiling the heck out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Ray, um, I think we always kind of start off with um, the the – First impressions. How did how did this work for you? My expectations could not be higher going in. That is, you know, that's kind of my mo at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, despite trying to, you know, sort of temper my expectations sometimes in order to hopefully, you know, enjoy myself better. I just <laughs> I just can't help it. Sometimes this was definitely one of those times, Joe. Like I was super excited for this movie. Um. And really just expecting f- to have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think Spider-Man, they, they've just done a really good job, I feel like, at distinguishing this character's movies from the other Marvel movies in that he's a kid and he's in high school and he's a teenager and these movies reflect that. And, right. and I felt confident going in that at, at minimum they were going to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, so, so with that in mind, I mean, I fucking loved this movie. Uh, and I, and like reflecting after, I was like, Oh, they, yeah, they fulfilled that kind of fun expectation, but then they always do more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always yeah. manage to, you know, add layers to that. So, um, yeah, just like watching, rewatching homecoming and, and, you know, how they, managed to make it so much fun but then also the cool shock of like you know um michael keaton being you know uh, uh the love interest father and stuff like they just find a way to just make these movies more than what they have to be and yeah my first impression was like holy shit it i thought i walked out of the theater going hmm was that movie kind of rambly like was it a little bit all over the place not that I minded, like, but it, I thought maybe, you know, some, maybe I'm going to read some people's take as being like, oh, this movie's kind of shaggy, but mm-hmm. I, I, I still enjoyed it all. Like it was, it was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. I would cut, I would agree. I, at the beginning I was like, oh, this is going very heavy teen drama, <laughs> teen, teen comedy. And I'm like, not to their mind, but you know, you're still feeling that I didn't go in right after infinity war. So I'm kind of. I mean, uh, Endgame. So I'm sitting there, kind of going, "Come on, guys, let's get get to the superhero stuff." But then when I realized what they were doing with kind of setting that tone at the beginning and letting the hero stuff just happen as it needed to, yeah, I was like, "Okay, all right." It 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 felt right and it felt good. Yeah, I saw it with um, I saw it with my my best friend Suzanne, and she kind of echoed something similar that didn't really. It didn't really stand out to me that anything felt like off in in the first act, but she was like, oh, for a split second, I was like, oh, no, is this going to be like low key terrible? (laughs) And and then I think for her, it was when and again, spoilers, um, when Mysterio kind of the reveal kind of uh-huh. is when uh-huh. she went it, it, for her, everything clicked and she was like, Oh, okay. This is a Marvel Spider-Man movie. Like I think right, right. that was where it struck the, the familiar tone for her. And for me, I was just, I, I knew that. I mean, come on, if you're, you know, if you're a fan of, you know, these comics and these characters and these stories, you, you knew that that twist was coming. Um, they still did a great job with it though. 
They did a very because because you're sitting there after a while. Like I was sitting there going, are they are they not going to drop the other <laughs> shoe? Like is that not going to happen? Like he's really leaning into this. I'm a good guy stuff, and <laughs> but we know he's not going to be because it's Mysterio. Like it's it's not going to be. <laughs> like what's going on? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, man, Jake Gyllenhaal did such a great fucking job too. He really did, and I was kind of not. Not skeptical because I'm not. I'm very a. I'm not skeptical about Marvel. And you, you know my policy about going into to movies like go in with the lowest expectations possible so that you're not disappointed. Um, I did not do that for this movie. For this movie, I went in and I'm like, all right, bring it, Marvel, because I know you've got it. So I'm not worried about it. Let's just have fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think it's the same thing with Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm like, I have no idea how that works into the whole Mysterio thing. Yeah. But. I trust Marvel and I think Gyllenhaal is a good actor. So I'm sure it's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, what I love is that he didn't just play Mysterio as, or Beck is his last name is right. But, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He didn't just, once they, they made, they did the reveal of, of him being, you know, a true villain. Um, He didn't just play him as this like, mustache twirling like I'm just evil kind of character. He was the right kind of smarmy like director kind of like egotistical um, you know controlling uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, insecure director. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It would have been so easy to take that character and just make it the like cliche director trope where he's just bossing everybody around and nobody likes him. And he kind of had that nuanced thing where yes, that came out, but anytime it came out, it kind of made you feel, Oh, he's, he's kind of unhinged. Like it only came out when he was kind of losing it. Like it yeah. wasn't like the rest of the time he was like, Hey guys, we're doing a great job. You know, you, you didn't quite see the, um, you didn't see the arrogance until the crazy came out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then it was a particular, for me, it felt like a particular brand of arrogance. So he even like made it more nuanced, you know, and I loved that. I loved his interactions with his whole team. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so good. So well done. And even when he was before the turn, when he was doing like the wholesome, like, you know, I'm here to, to you know, do good and help or whatever, like, it just, it just all worked. And he totally felt like, like an Iron Man style character. Yeah. You know, and I love the reveal where they talk about how, you know, how, how specific they were with like the notes they wanted to hit, uh, with, with Mysterio, like for the public and how they like observed Iron Man, Thor, and there was someone else too. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. And they kind of wove all those three aspects of those three heroes together to create this fake hero of Mysterio. So fucking brilliant. Man, oh, that, not, not that we should be surprised at this point, but you know, everybody I'm sure has been thinking leading up to this. If you're a fan of the comics, you know, we see in the previews that they're doing the globe head, yeah, and we're like, how? How is that gonna? How is that even gonna look remotely okay or cool? <laughs> and they pulled it off, and they didn't just pull it off by like, okay, we're just gonna you know make it a little smaller, make better proportions, but they actually justified it as fitting in with his um 
heads up display. Yes. Control everything. Yes. <laughs> so great when they show him out of the costume or whatnot, but he's like, he's actually wearing a motion capture suit. Yeah. Like that's, that's the actual suit that they wear to make these films. So again, it's just, but they, they find a way to make that into his, his costume as, if you will, you know what I mean? Like that's his uniform, his look as a villain. Uh-huh. Fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. They, they considered everything. Well, and it just, it just amazes me. Cause again, it's, it's 2019 and we're sitting here, have a conversation about how amazing and cool they made Mysterio. Like it blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. They, they nailed. I was just so happy seeing this character realized on screen and walking around and doing shit. I was just like, I can't believe this is I'm watching Mysterio. Like what the <laughs> hell? Well, and, and I think that brings me to like the, my favorite part of it is just how, cause again, if you've, if you followed the comics, like his whole thing, he even has like a hypnotism kind of like vibe to him. And so that whole fight sequence that was just trippy and weird and nuts, I think it probably pulled from every cover that Mysterio ever was on. Cause I know I've, I've read the comic where the Spider-Man's jump on Spider-Man. I've read the comics with the shards of the glass around him. Like these are all like cover moments in Spider-Man comics and they combine them all into like one really epic fight sequence. Yeah. They're really um, nailing this, this character and like weaving in his entire history. And it's just, you know, it really is for me anyway, making past iterations of Spider-Man just feel even lesser. Like mm-hmm. I, I know, I know there's a, a sort of sentimental spot for like, you know, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man movies and whatnot. But wow. Once you see it done right, you're like, Oh my God. Like then you can really see how sort of off or, or not off, but how much more they could have done with those other films. Right. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, we can keep talking about what, I mean, what are the other things that you like? I feel like we, we do that. Right? We're like, <laughs> what did, what did we like? What did we not like? Or, you know, what was the good? What was the bad? I feel like everything was the good. <laughs> well, and I was, I was completely prepared to, and maybe this is the, the transition to another part of the conversation. I was fully prepared before the movie ended to complain about the portrayal of Nick Fury. And I was like, I feel like he's really out of character. Like it just doesn't feel right. And then the post credit scenes come out and you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, that would be why. So, so you actually picked up on that during the film. Oh yeah. I was, I was hating Nick Fury in like, not, not like, hating the character i was hating i was like samuel l jackson is off what is going on they really like maybe in trying to keep the tone light they're just missing the mark on on nick fury's character but like there was a couple of interactions that he had with people where it's like um nick fury would at the very least scowl at that um but probably would like just punch you and why is that not happening see that's interesting my i my I, it's not, I don't want to say I didn't notice any of that, but to me, it was like their Nick Fury. This is Nick Fury in the world of Spider-Man. Like this is, uh, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that was my, and, and so it didn't, 
like it, I didn't have any kind of hang up over how they were treating this character. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a bit more, you know, kind of lighthearted and comical, but it's fitting with, he's got to fit with this narrative now. And I kind of got the sense and I still do that. They're setting up Spider-Man to be, you know, the, the linchpin of, of, of all these movies going forward. Which is interesting because we've already talked about how um, Feige's saying that uh, it's going to be centered around Captain Marvel. Right. Well, back in the day, he said that his dream was to, you know, uh, uh, start making Doctor Strange movies because it was his favorite character when he was younger. And he envisioned Doctor Strange being, you know, picking up where Tony Stark leaves off. So it's changed, it seems like, over the wall. I do remember him saying that, and I remember thinking, you know, when that first Doctor Strange movie came out, oh, yeah, I can see how they're kind of setting this up, this character to be kind of arrogant, kind of like a a Tony Stark, you know, type of character, especially with them butting heads when they finally meet in Infinity War. Uh, But then when you told me that that quote that you heard about Captain Marvel, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, how's... That character seems too cosmic. She seems like the Thor of this next wave. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Spider-Man is the more grounded character. I mean, literally. Um, and just, I don't know. Did you feel that from this movie? Because uh, there was obvious, you know, Tony Stark Spider-Man illusions made. But I, I feel like a lot of that was laying the groundwork for for Spider-Man to be the the, the main driving force in the next phase. I, I don't know that he's going to be the driving force in the next phase because I think what they were trying to do is kind of show that he can do it, but he's not there yet. Okay. You know, he's, yeah. he's gotta, he's gotta, he's gotta, you know, find his way a little bit more before he's ready, but he's close. Okay. And so I feel like phase four might be, you know, that's where we might get more, um, the Falcon Captain America, which I still think is going to be a thing um, <laughs> in the movies, um, kind of mentoring, but then eventually him leading the team because Tom Holland is so – he's on the younger side of the cast yeah. range. And he's one of the three or four people who have said, you put me in as many movies as you want and I will play this character until you won't let me play them anymore. Yeah. Um, so that kind of like – since you have so many young characters coming up, behind the Avengers um, that they can start using. I, I see him being the leader, but maybe just not the next phase, just because they were going to save that for further down the line. I don't know, man, this, this world is getting like so much bigger. Yeah, it really <laughs> is like, it's, it's just, again, it's just insane. The level of depth into the material that we're getting like we're cutting deep in some places yeah and the connections are just like going in all directions which i love kind of feels to me like i think i'm gonna like this the mcu post avengers more and i think that because the feeling i'm getting now just from this movie alone is that the it almost seems now upon like, like looking back that the, the Avengers storyline forced them to whatever the thing, like, and all the stuff they wanted to do in building out the world had to be tied to the Avengers storyline and an arc and had to make sense within that arc. Mm-hmm. And, and this movie felt like they're free of that. 
Like right. now they can just connect in any direction they want in all directions. And it's, it, especially the end, we, we're going to have to at some point, obviously talk about the, the post credit scenes, but um, it just felt like they're free to play now. And it just reminded me more of that feeling of reading the comics where, you know, just they're connecting to different stories and characters are popping up and it's just, it could go anywhere. Right. Right. And I think, I think it was kind of, it has very much of that, I mean, it's a negative reference, but that Pandora's box, like it's been opened and everything has just kind of flown out of it. And we're just going to start seeing snapshots of all the repercussions from that Avengers storyline that you were yeah. talking about. Like, like it's like, even with the people talking about, like they know about Thanos, like that's not a, like there's a poster about like a documentary on one of the walls about, you know, the the gauntlet and yeah and Thanos. So yeah. the general populace knows a lot more about heroes than just, you know, oh, I once in a while see somebody fly through the sky. And yep. and so now that they all know and now that you know we're not te- as you said not tethered to this one group um it really is just they can just snapshot anything they want and it'll fit somehow because they've just expanded the universe that widely. Yep. Yeah, it's it's kind of trippy to think that or to know that like the general population knows about Thanos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, is that crazy? Yeah, it is. I love it though. I love it as a choice. Like that's so awesome. And um I love that they they addressed the the fallout from Infinity War and Endgame, but they didn't like it, it didn't feel like that held them back in any way. No, they, they, they just everybody kind of moved across, and they would make little like little references, like when um, Flash Thompson is is trying to drink on the plane, and MJ's <laughs> like um, he's snapped, so technically he's not twenty one. <laughs> they take the the drink from him, like it just it's yeah, it, it's obviously influenced their lives, but it hasn't kept them from moving forward. Yeah, exactly, and they, they you know they they use it for joke material, which is awesome. And then we just, we're off. Like it's, you know, it's, I love how it starts with like a, a, you know, high school news report kind of thing, you know, (laughs) that's great. And then they're just like, okay, here we go. This is, you know, the, the siblings that are like now younger than their, or, or older than their, than their older siblings now and stuff. That's so great. Um, and this is, I wonder if this is going to be a motif that they stick with. This is the second Spider-Man movie now that starts with like footage, like, like amateur footage of stuff, right? Because the first mm-hmm. one started with him kind of documenting his whole, you know, being part of civil war. Um, and now this one was like the, <laughs> you know, the, the high school newscast, which is pretty great. Yeah. And it has that. I mean, I, I, we, you've, you and I have worked very extensively with, with teenagers. And I have to say, I, I left the theater and I looked at Matt and I'm like, they really nailed, they really nailed the feel of these kids. Like the whole, the whole net Betty, um, romance. Like my kids do that. My kids are like, they'll be hot and heavy for like a week and then. <laughs> I thought they were dating. Oh no, they're over it. They've moved on to other people. Yeah. We said exactly the same thing. We're like, wow, for, you know, at least for an older, you know, middle-aged person's perspective, they nailed that. It didn't feel like fake young or fake high school. 
you know? Mm-mm, no. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, and I think it's because they're respecting the characters and they're, you know, they're not treating them like uh, their their emotional arc or whatever doesn't matter, but it still can be funny as well. Right. right. Um, and I think the chemistry between MJ and Peter is amazing. Can I say how much I love this version of MJ? Dude. Because she's not the aspiring actress. She's not the arm candy. She's her own developed unique character that doesn't exist anywhere else. And I think it's amazing. Yeah, no kidding. I think she's my favorite version of MJ ever. And she's not like, yeah, she's not like any version at all. Yeah, no, she isn't. Um, I would say this, you know, second to this version is the original, you know, sixties drawn by John Romita version. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, Zendaya's great. She's like, oh my god, I want to see her in anything. Like, well, have you seen Have you seen The Greatest Showman? Oh no, I didn't know she was in that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and oh, she's marvelous. Oh, that's awesome! It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing movie. And I wanted to make a joke, and I had to. I have feel like I have to do it in person, but hopefully, Katie's listening to this. Uh, but Katie from Tea Time, like she, when when The Greatest Showman came out, like she wouldn't stop praising it. Like she was like, everybody has to go see it now. And I'm like, well, Matt's not meant to musicals. And, um, you know, and so we just kept putting it off and putting it off. Well, I finally on the way home from New Zealand watched it on the plane (laughs) and, and I immediately wanted to go, well, Katie, if you had told me that it was so good, I would have watched it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but I, I have to – I maybe have blown the joke because I was planning on doing that when we were at uh, Comic-Con. But if she's listening to it, I, I, I deleted text several times because I just couldn't get the wording to sound right in the phone. I feel like there's room there for me to mine that joke as well towards you and just like when I finally catch up on all these TV shows and go like, Joe, you know – if you had just told me that it was good, I would have watched it a long time ago. I mean, maybe, maybe my viewership would have saved it from being canceled. Um, I, I have a, I have a, I have a, a momentary sidebar that I have to tell you. And this is because we talk about different shows to watch all the time. So hopefully listeners can get some use out of this. But, um, do you like at all, uh, Giovanni Ribisi as a, an actor? Yeah, absolutely. He, he's one of my favorites and he did, I don't know how I missed it. He did this. Amazon Prime series called Sneaky Pete. Hmm. You heard of this? No. Um, where basically the the idea is is he's he's got to pay back the mob or they're gonna kill his younger brother because he did this whole con that went wrong. He's con man, and so he gets out of prison and he's been um, uh, roommates cellmates with um, Ethan Embry. Who is from um, Empire Records? And oh yeah, can't hardly wait. I love Ethan Embry. So already love two of the characters or two of the actors. And uh, so since his roommate has or his cellmate has been talking about his family and how wonderful his childhood was and everything uh, growing up, when Giovanni's Rabizi's character gets out, he goes and finds his family and just takes on his identity. <laughs> And so he's trying to con his cellmate's family. And of course it's that whole, well, he actually starts to like them and they have their problems of their own. And uh, we just finished the last season or yeah, the last season last night. 
Ray, it is just like if you like heist movies at all, Ooh. like this is a series that like I, I looked at Matt after the like the second or third episode and I'm like, I'd be very upset if this doesn't end the season doesn't end with like an Ocean's Eleven type Ooh. heist and it did not disappoint. Okay. And Brian Cranston is in it. Yes. And it's three seasons on Amazon Prime. And uh, it, was, it looks like it was canceled after three seasons. Yes, but uh, the first season, I've gotten to the second season, so I don't know how if it goes downhill from there. Oh, man. But, uh, the first season is amazing. Well, I like that there's like a finite number of episodes, to be honest with you. At this point, that is a that is a plus for me. <laughs> it definitely is. Dude. But I had to throw that out there because I am absolutely in love with this show, and I think everybody needs to watch it. That looks cool. Well, one of the things that I was going to say next about Far From Home is how amazing this ensemble cast is that they've mm-hmm. put together. Um, everyone does really great work. Everyone's character matters. I mean, you have happy Hogan playing like a significant part in this movie. You know, you have, um, uh, Maria Hill is in this, um, obviously Nick Fury. I mean, everyone just does a, re- even the teachers are funny, like the chaperones <laughs> on the trip. So good. A colleague of mine and I were talking about that the other day, and we were like, you know, we could be offended by their portrayal of teachers being just complete <laughs> idiots on this <laughs> But I said, honestly, it captures the the insanity you have to deal with when doing one of these. Because I've done I've done an you know out of country trip with students before. And it is kind of a where is everybody? What's going on? The the one inconsistency we we had was um, there is no way that if they got an upgrade, they would go to that upgrade because <laughs> my immediate response was, I don't have permission slips for, for that. Oh. <laughs> Not take these children there. So that was the one thing, but I think they, <laughs> they definitely like, because it was a, a story plot that they had to hit and you know, it's the idea that Nick Fury can kind of get anything done. Um, you know, we give it a pass, but I did think that they captured the hectic, hectic nature yeah. of having to run a field trip like that. Yeah, I think they're capturing so much from the of that kind of like overwhelming kind of you know um, like plot lines and story and like responsibility that Peter Parker has to weigh and stuff. It feels crazy and frenetic, and like you know, that's exactly what the comics were like. If you ever wondered you know, why Stan Lee is so revered and why these characters have, you know, kind of stood the test of time and why Spider-Man is, you know, so popular, what made him popular in the first place. This is exactly the tone that Stan Lee and Ditko and Ramita were like executing back in the sixties, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was Peter Parker was always, you know, coming up short, always juggling, you know, five or six different things in his personal life. And then five or six more things in his superhero life. It was a soap opera. It was an act, a a legit soap opera, all about the, the life, you know, of, of these teens and how, you know, and then, and then there was like a, a superhero thing on top of it, but really it, it was a teen soap. And, um, God damn, these movies are just like nailing it. I love this. Speaking of like how, how much we love this version of MJ. Oh my God. Why didn't anyone ever think of doing this take on Aunt May? Yes. <laughs> I love, oh, my and, and the, oh my God. The, 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 the 
awfulness that happened on the internet when it was announced that she was going to be playing <laughs> at May. Right. Uh, well, there, there is a, there is a great uh, meme out there that shows uh, that at May is slowly de-aging while everybody else is aging. <laughs> That's great. This is getting younger with each iteration. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I didn't, I mean, how did you feel about the, the different costumes that he wore in the movie? Um, cause they made a big thing about that in the promotion leading up to the movie. Yeah. I think, I think with, I, I think it's one of those things where everybody has their favorite costume and I think they're just trying to work through them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did love the moment though, where he went over to the costume maker Yes, and it was like, that's a reference to Venom. Oh yeah. I read that and I didn't get that at the time. It, the the machine looks exactly like the um, machine he gets the Venom costume out of in Secret Wars. Right, right. Yeah, I saw that online, but in the in, during the movie, I didn't catch that. Um, definitely, like echoing, you know, uh, Tony Stark there with like building his suit, and then even Happy puts on the ACDC track, which is awesome. Uh-huh. Um, I love the idea of Peter, like they really showed how smart he is in this one too. Right. You know, like and they, even, even the comment, don't let, don't ever apologize for being the, the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And, and I really liked the, the black and red version of the Spider-Man costume at the end. I think yeah. they did a good job of like keeping it classic while still like updating it and, and making it techie. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. I, I wasn't crazy about the black one, the the black costume. I know it was, it was the point of it was to be kind of like low tech, like you know, kind of like really low key. Um, I was. I think that's just whenever Peter Parker is wearing all black like that, I want to see more. Like, I want to see more venom in the costume. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it was pretty funny how they gave him like those like nerdy ass like goggles that like he could flip up. I yeah, love that. Yeah. That was a nice little touch there. Well, it just felt like, I mean, A, he's kind of got the whole Iron Man thing where Iron Man has like bazillion D different yeah. armors. And so he's kind of uh, mirroring Iron Man in that way. But then you notice we've got two movies now and both of the villains that he's fighting are because of Tony Stark. Yeah. And yeah. so we were talking about how it's it's kind of odd if they decide to go the Norman Osborn route without making him a um uh Spider-Man villain but he these all these Spider-Man villains are being kind of thrown out there initially as Iron Man villains which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen some I haven't done a lot of reading but I have seen some people talking about how this is setting up like further Spider-Man villains, like everything's in place for the Scorpion now and like uh-huh. that suit. And it is, I mean, it makes sense, honestly, you know, if, if you want to make it believable in the world of the MCU, then yeah, a lot of this, how do all these random, you know, criminals get their hands on this tech? Well, it has to come from Spider-Man. I mean, from uh, Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. Or, so, or Shatari rubble or shield, you know, fallen shield helicarriers. Uh, right, right. Um, let's let's talk about Nick Fury and Shield. Yeah, because <laughs> that blew that blew me away. So you were you were surprised by it? Yes, and I, I honestly am not even wrapping my head around it yet. 
<laughs> like, what does that mean? See, I this is, and I should have probably um, researched this before, but I just didn't have the time. Maybe comic book Rob, <laughs> uh, Rob. Sometimes, can you do a, a little research for us on Nick Fury? Because um, I know in the comics he's done something that he saw as having to do to save the world, but everybody sees as a betrayal and it mm. has to do something with space. Mm. So I need to do research on that and figure out what it is. But I think that's where it's headed because that is a good way to get rid of Nick Fury. Cause let's be honest, we're not going to have Samuel L. Jackson forever. Um, so, you know, yeah. if they start pushing him out during phase four, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I think I think that whole end shot with him on the spaceship, I think that's like the idea of um, – because they have shield, but they also have sword, which is kind of like the galactic offensive branch of this organization. Right. It's like the space – it's like the galactic version of, of shield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more on the offensive side. And um, – and so I'm assuming that's what that's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so this that the reason why that kind of caught me like by surprise so much, and I'm still kind of like trying to process that is because that means that Nick Fury hasn't been Nick Fury for a bunch of movies, probably. And I saw, and I'm, it's killing me. I saw a video on when they think they switched him out. Yeah. I think I sent that to you. Yeah. And I think it was, it was during, it was after, um, age of Ultron. Right. Yes. Was it after age of Ultron or was it after, um, winter soldier? Cause I thought it was after the whole. Hydra. Oh yes. Yeah. You're right. Yes. It was once he goes into hiding after when, after, um, winter soldier. Yeah. He says, you're not going to see me for a while. And I think, Every iteration we've seen of him after that has been the scroll. But that, so that's what I was super excited to talk to you about is how many characters are scrolls now? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it opens up that whole can of worms. Yeah, it really, I mean, they are going for secret evasion. I mean, this is. Yeah, but okay, that's the thing that I, that another thing I wanted to cover with you to follow up on our recent podcast about possibilities for next phases, right? For storylines. It was a massive two part podcast that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the mistakes I think we're making, and this is like after further reflection after we did all that was in, in thinking that there are, the, the that they're adapting these stories uh, uh, kind of one-to-one to the movies. They have not done that at all. No, they haven't. They're, they're, they're weaving in elements. And so this could be a version of Secret Invasion. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah, yeah. they're, they're not going to do Secret Invasion as we know it. Right. Right. Just like they didn't do Planet Hulk as we know it. Right. And they didn't do Ragnarok as we know it from the comics either. So, so, there's going to be elements that are woven in from these stories. And I think that makes it even harder to say, Oh, this is where this is leading. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. How, how amazing would it be? This is, this is, <laughs> this is completely, this is Joe head cannon. What if they, <laughs> what if we find out in a future Avengers movie that like, like 
maybe not main characters, like maybe one or two main characters, but a lot of those, like what if Shuri is a scroll? What if, um, what if Wong is a scroll? What if they, what if they reveal that and then they throw out a movie where the reason why they're all scrolls is because Nick Fury's taken those characters and we get an adventure with just like characters that would never get time. Would you be upset if Natasha was a scroll? Um, it depends on how they do it. It depends on like, it depends on why she was a scroll. Um, because I think the way to do that was to have her a scroll from so far back that that scroll character is the one that we've known and loved from the beginning. Got it. Because oh, then, then the character, cool. the, 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 yeah, then the character is still the same. You're not taking away anything that that character's gone through. It's just not the character you thought it was. Yeah, that would be great because then you're still emotionally attached to that character. And then you have this entire, and I mean, like the black widow has bounced back and forth from, um, you know, on either side of the good guy, bad guy spectrum several times in the comic yeah, yeah. So what if they brought her back as a, what if they brought her back as a villain? Oh, that would be awesome. Like the actual, like under like spy, like an actual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd be so great. Um, I'm, I'm all in for all of this stuff, for any of this stuff for Marvel. Uh, and I, and I feel like, you know, I, I'm aware that we spent a lot of time gushing over these movies and probably people thinking that, you know, we're in the bag for Marvel and, you know, we don't like DC, blah, blah. It's just, it's just hard to argue with success. Like it's, it's, and, and so, so, okay. To that point, what, what was, what was the bad for you in this movie? Um, well, it's, the the bad was going to be for me, um, Nick Fury, but they fixed that. Um, <laughs> I was a, a little bit not crazy about the teacher portrayal, but I understand where that came from. Like, it was very hard to <laughs> like point at something and go, "That's not good," you know? It, yeah. Um, I don't love Happy Hogan as a character. I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with him. He's just not my favorite. And, yeah. You know, it's like stop using my name, dude. It's not cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I thought the scenes with him in the third act, with him helping the students and stuff, that felt that felt like it stretched it a bit too far for me. Yeah, yeah, you I know? would I would agree. It felt a little too kind of hokey. Um, it didn't feel like they were in actual danger. No. Um, also, I would say, um, God, it feels so nitpicky, but. Um, some of the some of the jokes didn't land either. Some of the comedy felt like too forced in. Um, I love JB Smoove, but I I don't his the, his teacher character just didn't wasn't funny and no. just seems so out of place. Like they didn't do a good job really grounding that character in the story like they should have. And it's too bad they didn't because he's like great. He's actually fucking hilarious. So, you know, it's like, it just felt like he was kind of in a different movie, right? Yeah. No, it, when they went back and forth, it definitely felt like there was a, they, they were two different movies that were trying to force themselves together. And just, just in the, the field trip moments, like, yes, it, it felt a little bit. And I, I think maybe this is what it's supposed to be. I mean, when you think about it, it, it makes sense. 
it's it's like Spider-Man interrupted a Chevy Chase vacation movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the Spider-Man movie moments were awesome. And the Chevy Chase vacation moments, eh, like, okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, like, you know, I loved some of the situational comedy with, like, him trying to keep, you know, his, his stuff a secret and the, the character that Remy, uh, I think, believe he plays, um, who's the character that he's jealous of that like he thinks is, is into oh, is it Brad, Brad. Yes. Um, you know, some of that was really great. Some of it was like, uh, okay. You know, like what are the chances of this or that or that? Or, you know, how come nobody believes this kid? You know what I mean? Like it was just kind right, of right. convenient, you know? Um, but again, it feels kind of nitpicky to call some of this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we, we are nitpicking and you know, it, it happens <laughs> if we're trying to be, yeah. we're trying to be as well rounded to this as we can be. But I mean, it was a good movie. Okay. So what about, here's one thing I didn't like. Um, I did not like the um, stinger scenes because I felt like they were very important to the rest of the movie. And so they didn't really feel like they were stinger. Like uh, other other um, movies have had those stingers and you're like, okay, that's a tack on or that's that's giving us a preview of something else. These felt very much like – especially the first one where, you know, they they – blow up spider-man's secret identity um yeah that feels like the movie should end with that and then go into the credits <laughs> don't you i mean wouldn't you agree yeah i mean it it's a mid-credit scene pretty early in the credits i didn't it didn't bother me so much because i was just high off the fact that they went for <laughs> yeah. it and they did that i was just like i screamed in applause i was like Hell yeah. Like, that's awesome. And fucking J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Like, they got the same actor to come back and play J. Jonah Jameson, which is awesome because everyone said, like, that's that was the best part of those early movies was J.K. Simmons. And it's too bad that, you know, in this new iteration of Spider-Man, that would have to be sacrificed. I love that they brought him back. I don't think it's going to be an ongoing thing. I think, you know, it was just kind of a bit like fan service kind of thing, which is great. And I love how they sort of like, to me anyway, it felt like they were alluding to like those fucking like stupid Alex Jones type personalities yeah, yeah. that are just like doing all this like schlocky news. And that's totally what, you know, and, and I also have heard that that's actually pretty close to like the current iteration of J Jonah Jameson in the comics. So, but, but, but that probably plays off of those personalities well, and as I well. Be, honestly, I wouldn't so, be surprised if they do make him a big part of the third movie, because I, if, if you're kind of going in the direction that they're heading, I think that that third movie is going to be our, our Sinister Six. It's going to be different characters coming in and going after Spider-Man because they now know he's Peter Parker, because that's kind of where you're going with that. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> that would be so amazing. Dude, that, oh, I, I mean, how does Sony's Venom movie fit into this shit? It doesn't. Then? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> Don't they see? Doesn't Sony see 
what is happening? Like the potential of this franchise here. Like, why would they want to mess with that? Why would they do anything <laughs> to hinder or impede th- this? This franchise in any way. Having having known somebody who worked at Sony, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> oh my God. It, it's it's there's a lot of ego in the way over at Sony. Um so yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you know what else, Joe? Did you notice that you know they we, we got the quick backstory on Mysterio being from another, you know, universe, parallel universe, blah blah blah. But then they don't, once we reveal, once we get the reveal that it's all a ruse, there's no mention of the, the, the existence or possibility of multiverses. Yeah. And we were all thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be a, this is what's going to establish the multiverses. So not. And so I think our alternate versions of, of, uh, characters is not going to come from, from alternate dimensions. It's going to come from scrolls. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, my take was that there is going to be an established multiverse in this movie, but the Mysterio's trick is going to be that he's not actually from the multiverse. He's from this universe, right? right? Which he is, but but there was not even the multiverse established. They didn't say, okay, no, that part was real. It's just all fake. And and hinting at like drone technology and the evils of that, the perils of I that. I thought that was such a cool way of making his powers work. Like I don't know if yeah. they've done that in the recent comics, but that makes so much more sense than some of the stuff they've tried to explain away in comic books. Yeah, totally. And it just like the the way they use it for the story, the way it plays out in the big climactic like set pieces and action sequences, just uh, like an awesome foe for spider-man right just the way he uses the technology mysterio uses the technology to like create these illusions and everything and they explain how you know the actual damage happens and the way he even discovers the mystery you know because uh uh mj is the one who actually figures it mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. all <laughs> so good um, is he so dead? good he's, yes he's dead yes i think okay. he's dead um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Mysterio's in the Sinister Six. You know what? I was wondering, like, because Mysterio is, um, he's a fake, right? Like, he's a showman. He's, he's, he doesn't really have powers. It's all special effects, you know, wizardry, whatever. So my thing was, like, how are they going to make him powerful enough to, you know, to actually pose a threat to Spider-Man? And after the movie, I'm like, wow, there's no way he could be part of Sinister Six because he would be the most powerful person on the group. Like, you know, especially like having access to all those like satellites and all that Stark tech and stuff. So that's one of the main reasons I think he's he's dead. I I don't know. I kind of wonder if that's not – you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if – one of two things is going to happen. Either he is dead and – I mean, either he's not dead and he's going to make an appearance in a uh, big shocker because, you know, Marvel's killed off way too many characters. Um, they're running out of bad guys, but um, I mean, they're not running out of bad guys, but they're running out of big bad guys. Um, but what might also happen is his crew is still all alive. So we may, yeah, we, that's may where I was see, going we may see Mysterio, but Mysterio is not, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal anymore. It's now, you know, They've they've recruited somebody else to be that character, and they're still running the the con. Yeah, I I think his 
his main uh, uh, teammate, the guy that was kind of running everything that escapes mm-hmm. at the end, he's the one who starts to get together the Sinister Six, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, I think he, the Vultures already got that ball rolling. <laughs> no, because when Scorpion comes in and asks him, he's like, no. Like, I, he pretends to not know who Spider-Man well, really is. He actually, he actually protects him. Maybe the vulture is going to be like the conscience of, of maybe the be interesting. I don't think that so many, oh, there's so dude. many directions they can go with this stuff. I think we were, we were talking about before this, how we were going to know what was going to happen. Like we we're going to have an idea of what was going to happen in phase four based on like the stingers or, or, and, and all it's done is given us a lot more questions, but I do feel like, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have a better idea of what it's going to be like, if that makes sense. Like, I, there's a t- right. they said that it was going to set the tone for phase four, and I kind of got it. Like, I think I kind of get what they're going with. Yeah. It's going to be very much don't believe what you see kind of stuff. I think that's really what they're mm. going for, because you've got Mysterio's the whole illusion thing. You've got scrolls at the end. Yeah. So I think for this phase, we're just we're we're all going to be very paranoid that what we're seeing is real. Yeah. Well, I mean, who have we seen so far? We've seen the Vulture, mm-hmm. we've seen the Shocker, mm-hmm. we've seen the Tinker, mm-hmm. right? We've seen Mysterio, yep. we've seen the Elementals, including Hydro Man and and. What are the other ones? Um, Sandman. Yeah, Sandman. Um, and it makes sense that they wouldn't try to redo Sandman because he was already covered, you know, in, in previous right. movies. So they kind of Hydro uh, Hydro Man, Sandman, Molten Man as mm-hmm. well. Um, and we haven't seen any hints whatsoever of the Green Goblin yet. No hints of the Green Goblin. Um, we're gonna no get no hints of Doctor Octopus. No Doctor Octopus. No Rhino. No rhino, that's right. Oh, oh, look at this that I'm seeing right here. Um, the mercenary that, um, Fury assigns to, to kind of convince Parker to take on the mission. Uh huh. His name's Dimitri. Remember, he's the, he, he's the bus driver. Right, right. Comic book readers have suggested that he's actually Dimitri Smerdikov, better known as the chameleon. Another classic Spider-Man foe. Oh, I forgot about the chameleon. And I think he was in the original Sinister Six. Yes. So that's awesome. And the director won't rule out that Dimitri could possibly become the chameleon. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. I also haven't had Craven the Hunter. Oh, Craven. That's so I saw something where the director said that that's who he would want to in the third movie, that that's who he has his eye on. That, that makes sense because the, the original six were Dr. Octopus, Electro, Craven the Hunter, the original Mysterio, which suggests there's a second Mysterio, uh, Sandman right. and Vulture. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, Spider-Man has amazing villains. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's got an awesome rogues gallery. So, really, like, they could make any of these cool, you know? Um, I, I don't – I mean, we've seen these two great movies where they – and even Andrew Garfield's shitty ones mm-hmm. where they didn't reuse any of the – other than the shitty Green Goblin, they didn't reuse any of the villains right. from Raimi's, you know? Because they didn't have to because he has so many damn villains. 
Yeah, and there, there. It's. I mean, his his rogue gallery rivals. I'm not going to say it's as good, but it rivals Batman's. Oh man, I would say it's as good. I would say that for sure. Um, it could just be I because I grew up watching the cartoon or whatnot, but I know so many yeah, of them. Yeah. But um, and and so many. I'm not sure how many you know fans of the MCU know this that like basically everyone that Peter knows and interacts with becomes a hero or villain. At yeah, some absolutely point. everybody <laughs> down to Gwen like Everybody. <laughs> so you know they know this. The filmmakers know this, and they're you know they're they're sort of if not planning things, they're definitely making things a possibility. They're introducing characters and plots that have room to grow and kind of evolve into these stories if they want to do that. Yeah. I really hope Spider-Man is be, becomes the, the focal point going forward. Like that would be so great to use Spider-Man to introduce like, you know, the, the next movies, the next phase, because that's exactly what they did in the comics. A new, if it was a new character with a new number one issue, it was always Spider-Man. Yeah. True. <laughs> guest starring in the first right, issue. Because he, he was the, he was always teaming up with somebody. And that was the, the whole crux of the, yeah, and I and I love just kind of uh uh I kind of wind things down here. I, I love how they still manage to hit on the importance of and the significance of responsibility to Peter Parker's as a character and and his story. Um they were able to do that in this movie without doing the 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 Ben Parker stuff yeah, again. We didn't we've not had any Ben Parker you know, responsibility speeches. Although when he, when he grabs his suitcase and he's packing it for his Europe trip, it, the, the initials are B F P, which is Benjamin Franklin right. Parker. Um, but yeah, you know, cause that's, I mean, that's the main incident inciting incident of the film is that he hands over this power, this responsibility that Tony Stark left for him. He doesn't want it. And he hands it over to Mysterio. And, and so that's like a major plot point and he has to come to terms, you know, by the end of the movie he has to come to terms with the fact that like, no, like he needs to stand, step up to the plate and handle this responsibility. Yeah. There's just so many levels to this universe. Yeah, it's, man. It's, yeah. According- it's such a joy to just kind of like, like they have, they have succeeded in not only creating comic books, a movie, a movie genre that is basically like comic books, but now we are all talking about it like we used to talk about comic books. Yeah, yeah, and um, oh shit, I lost my train of Sorry. thought. Um, oh, um, Suzanne came out of the film. All someone who has spent uh, a substantial amount of time all over Europe, including Geneva and um, uh, what was uh, the yeah Prague? Um, she was laughing her ass off and those scenes and i was like yeah they're kind of funny and after the fact she was like no ray you don't understand how many little things they threw into those scenes where if you know that region or those cultures like there is a lot apparently there's a lot of inside humor in those scenes let's see from yeah like from the colors that people are wearing to the way they're interacting with Peter to their like facial expressions the stuff that they're responding to like apparently there's a lot there for people so I'm like wow yet another layer <laughs> that they've that they've they've you know added to this to this film where they really didn't have to do all that she's like yeah 
whoever was writing this movie definitely has extensive knowledge <laughs> of these cultures. So I'm like, wow, that's really cool to know. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, any other things we need to to hit or talk about? I don't know. I feel like we, we talked about all the stuff we love about this movie. We talked about some of the nitpicky stuff, problems that we had with it. We talked about, I feel like it was really important to, you know, spend a lot of time talking about where this, where we go from here, because this really does wrap up phase three. Like this is taking us into phase four, yeah, right? We're officially in phase four. Yeah. And so do we know what the next movie is? Um, I think it's supposed to be Black Widow. Oh Jesus! Are you serious? Yeah, which which is an interesting one to start with because you know it's <laughs> she's not around anymore. <laughs> I wonder if they know that, Joe. You should send a tweet. <laughs> Let them know. I, I told you when we were talking about Endgame that as I'm watching it, I'm like, my mind was blown. I'm like, is the is the Black Widow movie all a lie? Have they been telling us there's going to be a Black Widow movie and there's just never going to be a Black Widow movie? Oh, shit. So there's not even a release date announced for Black Widow. Have they even officially acknowledged that it's being Um, made? uh, There's rumors, (laughs) I guess. Um, Is Marvel going to be at Comic-Con? I don't know because – they they stopped, I think, when they went over to Disney because Disney's like, we've got our own convention and Comic-Con's a zoo. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Will Marvel be at Comic-Con? Marvel is returning to Hall H for San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Okay, so all of this information is going to be answered next week. <laughs> Holy shit. That's going to be amazing. Uh... Marvel Marvel Studios Comic Con panel 2019 confirmed 90 minute panel uh, in Hall H. Holy shit for Saturday July 20th, dude! You better be live tweeting like a motherfucker. <laughs> and no I'm gonna I'm be going to Hall H. Right? No <laughs> way. Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna be following everyone listening. I got you. I'm going to be following Twitter. That day, and I will be retweeting and sending updates and sending Joe all kinds of stuff. Joe, you can share what you want to Slack. Well, you're going to be busy. But, oh, maybe I'll be on Slack that day, and I'll just, like, all the stuff that comes out of there. I can't yeah. wait. I am – holy shit. I am so hyped because for that. Because, honestly, it's it, – it, the, the BlizzCon is a great example. Your experience at BlizzCon is completely different than watching the stuff at home because at home you're flipping through all the panels and you get to see all the announcements and everything. When you're at the actual convention yourself, you are in such a bubble and there's so much stuff going around that you come out and people that aren't at the convention are telling you things that are happening there. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I think that was one year you were at Comic Con and I was sending you stuff and you were like, Oh, I did not know that. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> because, because I mean I spend a lot of time at Comic Con going to a lot of the the community panels because that's where I get, you know, a lot of my interviews and I'm hoping next week I come back with, you know, a whole slew of twenty nineteen, twenty twenty interviews for us to get back to what this show was originally created for. Um yeah. and uh and so I spend a lot of my time doing that because all the big announcements are in hall h and room 20 and yep. and you like i'm just too old ray i'm too old to sit out in the middle of the night and and wait for you know a ticket to get into a room and then sit through five panels i don't care about just to see the one that i do like 
there was a time, but I bad. can't do that anymore. <laughs> Cause I used to, I've never done that. And I used to live vicariously through <laughs> you because I know that you did that stuff back in the day. Yeah, the, the best um, one was the, the walking dead. I got to see the panel that they did the walking dead before, um, <laughs> the, before the, the series came out, they, they debuted it. And, um, I forget which character it was, but one of the, one of the questions, the actress was like, have you read the comics? Do you know what happens to your character? <laughs> and she goes, Actually, I haven't. I'm just going along with what the script says. And we're like, the, the guy was like, Oh, it's not good. <laughs> That's like two worlds colliding right there yeah. in real time on the stage. Um, yeah, no, nothing has been your, that's, it's all going down next week because no release dates have been announced for, for phase four. We know, and we've covered this before again, but we know Black Widow movie, The Eternals, Shang-Chi, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2. No release dates, very few details for all this stuff. Yeah, I hope it's a, I hope it's an info dump and, and you're going to have to share as much of it as you can. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be, and I, I really hoping there, there's gonna be some surprises. Uh, it's there's gonna be, be some stuff that be. they haven't said anything about. Yeah, because you remember back in the day when they first announced their slate, and they announced um, Captain America two originally or three originally was gonna be uh, the, the the fake out was something about Hydra, Hail Hydra. I think it was Captain America three, Hail Hydra, and then so everyone applauses, and uh, and then they go to. Um, they they go to the next you know movie and then the next and then at the very end before they announce Infinity War they go back and they're like psych Captain America three is called Civil War and everyone like freaks out yeah. so I'm hoping they pull some of that stuff this time around like Namor or like oh dude <laughs> anyway I'm getting all hyped all hyped again yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a fun next week's gonna be a lot of fun and we're gonna have to coordinate <sighs> you're coming down for a day which is exciting yes. Yeah, I'll be there Friday. So yeah, I, I want to definitely link up with you and just if, if, if you'll have me, if there's room for me, I just want to experience Comic Con through your, through your, your eyes. <laughs> you're, you're not going to, I, I have slowed down a lot, right? <laughs> Back in the day, when I, my first experience at Comic Con with my husband, um, he looked at me like I was an insane person. And I'm, I'm, he's like, well, are we going to get lunch? And I'm like, here's a power bar. And he's like, what? And I'm like, dude, we're, we're doing this hardcore. Like, this is Comic-Con, dude. We are, there is no time for food. And now it's like, That's great. Now I'm like texting my friends. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any good panels. Want to go get a drink down in town? Yeah, let's go get a drink. <laughs> well, it's going to be more than, I mean, my, I've been to Comic-Con a handful of times and my entire experience, especially back in the day, was all about that hustle, that grind. You know, I was mm -hmm. working as an illustrator. I was making connections. I was getting portfolio reviews. I was pitching, you know, jobs and doing all that stuff. Or I was an artist alley, you know, just geeking out, you know, trying to get some advice again, trying to make connections and networking and stuff. So very different experience from, I, I feel like I even know how to be a fan at Comic-Con. So it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be fun this year to hang out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just had one, one realization and I think I'm going to leave us on this. Um, at this point, we have no more podcasts scheduled for Marvel movie spoilers. They oh. just don't exist. All we have to look forward to, Ray. I don't want. Maybe I shouldn't end on this down note. All we have to look forward to, Ray, are DC films. <laughs> All we're getting for the next 
next year or so. <laughs> Does this mean that we've we've made up our minds that New Mutants will never see the light of day? Oh, you, there's no way it's going to see the light of day. Which I'm I will be very excited to to find the bootleg copy and see how bad it is, and you can okay. sit there and watch it with me and and just yes cringe but yes i don't want the general public's first experience with these characters to be that film yes <laughs> if, if you manage to track down that bootleg copy that deserves a, a, a road trip to palm springs for me <laughs> uh you know what we never caught up with we never watched shazam did you ever see that no I heard great things about it too. Really? I heard it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll handle um, that for some time. Like maybe like we, you've got a little bit of more free time over the summer. I yeah, I do off of the summer. Maybe we'll make that like a you come here or I go there and we do like a, a live cast. Joe, I've been to your house. I'm going there. You are not, <laughs> you are not coming here, bro. <laughs> Sorry, you are not coming here. Like, give me an excuse to please to go hang out. Um, we'll, we'll, go, we'll, we'll watch Shazam and then we'll go to the farm. Yes, exactly. And then Joker is coming out in October. Oh. I know. I know. Ed, Edge Lord Joker is coming out in October. Is that, is that the is that the next comic? Book yes, we have? that is October. Is the next comic book film we have? Yes, dude. Oh, Marvel. I know. I know. So we're just going to have to fill it with theory podcasts until people tell us to stop. I mean, DC has really pumped the brakes, man. Joker in October of this year, and the next year, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984. And then the next year, 2021, is uh, The Batman and Suicide Squad. They've really slowed down. God, when are we seeing another Aquaman movie? Probably not for years. <laughs> no, that they're just that's a fucking that's a clusterfuck over there. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. So we. I mean, I I know you've you're you're you've been busy lining up potential uh, interviews for us, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Um. Yeah, and then I know that we discussed. I'm I'm hyped. Speaking of of the train wreck that is DC, I'm hyped to do like a what would we do with the DCEU? Yeah, and I'm gonna you know those we've got to get. I I sent a message to Rob and I said, "Hey Rob, can you do it this Sunday?" He's like, "I'm gonna be in Canada." I'm like, "Okay, oh whoa." (laughs) So we'll see what we'll see what his uh, availability is the next couple of weeks. And then we, we can we can find time before the summer's over to do a, a Shazam kind of a, a retroactive you know spoiler cast. Yeah. Um, and then I would be interested since you know <laughs> if if we're if we're looking for for a topic, um, I want to do Joe's dream New Mutants film oh, we, cast we, and storyline. Make the the New Mutants. Yes, okay. I want you to make the new mutants. All right, I can do that. Um, Since you're, because your poor heart, man, has just been <laughs> like a roller coaster. Oh my god! Really, of, of all the titles for 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 this, you know, whole thing to happen to, it's it's your favorite title for as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. Just the one that's near and dear to your heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the new mutants, and uh, and because they're so unknown, I just I cringe when I think of what they could like. I don't want people's first re- reactions to be like, "Oh, what is this?" Because they're such great, great, and they're characters that started off at kids as kids. Now half of them have been like Avengers. Like it's yeah, like these kids, yeah. these characters have changed and grown so much that like I would hate for them to just 
get tossed in and then, well, that didn't work and then moved on from. And to your credit, from the first moment that you heard that this film, that a new Mutants movie was in the works, it was, you were not even excited. You were like, Oh no. Like you were never like, all right, like this is getting made. You were like, oh no. Because the tone was just wrong. Like, yes, you can do the, you can do the demon bear saga, but you gotta do, yeah, like the, the new mutants should be kind of what we got from Spider-Man. It should be a fun high school drama. Right. But I remember like when they were like looking for a director, oh, they're going to start casting this. You were just like, Ray. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm like, dude, we don't even we haven't seen anything yet. And you're like, I'm nervous. I'm just you've seen what's been happening with the rest of the X Men. You've seen what's yeah. going on with Gambit, and I don't have to look up Gambit because DC said no. Uh, I don't have to look it up anymore, guys. It's done. It's not happening. Maybe that's uh, something that I'll keep my eyes peeled for at Comic Con that Friday. That I'll be there is a is a New Mutants bootleg copy. Oh, I'm sure it's not even bootlegged yet. Like I, I don't like they're still looking at a computer screen somewhere trying to figure out what the hell to do with it. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, any shout outs this week? Um, you know what? I don't have any shout outs prepared. Um, I mean, give me a minute. Maybe we can edit this down or something. Uh, do you have a shout out this week? I do. I do actually. I have a very good shout out. Um, some of you may remember from way back at like episode two, three, four, I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, I had my colleague Marcel Edwards on the show. I think we talked about, um, we, I think we did Doctor Who. It may have been anime, but I'm pretty sure it was Doctor Who. And, um, and she has become my co-advisor for my drama program and we are, we're now besties. And, uh, so, Monday, yesterday, the day before recording this, um, we had to drive into school for registration because we're, you know, hyping up the, the drama program for this year. Uh, it's, they did yesterday was seniors. Today was juniors. Um, my class was already full today and that we had 80 kids last year. So oh. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with the other two. Wow. We're, we're, we're figuring it out. So I, I'm like, I'll pick you up on the way to school and, um, and we'll drive in and out and back together. It's, you know, you're on my way. And then, of course, they send her. Now, is Spider Man talkable? Have you seen it? And she, in all caps, yes, it is amazing and we must discuss. And so, for the entire drive <laughs> from her house to school, um, we just geeked out about the movie. And it was a lot of fun. And I don't get to geek out in person with people very often. That's why, that's why I created a podcast about geeky stuff. <laughs> it's because we'll talk about it. <laughs> So it was very fun, and I very much appreciated the the geek out session. So. That's awesome. That just makes me feel so much joy for having a best friend that I can watch Marvel movies with. <laughs> because I mean, she she's into them, be- and this is Suzanne who I mentioned earlier. She's into them because they're good movies, but uh-huh. she didn't she didn't grow up reading comics, you know. Um, she geeks out about plenty of her own stuff. I mean, any, any NASA movie that's coming out, anything like that, like she's totally into, but, uh, yeah, like we're, we're matter of fact, as soon as you and I are done podcasting tonight, her and I are going to head out and watch the new horror movie that's out called Midsummer. And we're really excited about that. Joe, we basically our our ritual is to like, we're going to hang out. 
what movie can we watch that is going to totally fuck us up? Like, <laughs> like literally, it's like, hey, are you ready to get popcorn and get fucked up tonight? Can't wait. Like, yes. <laughs> So that's our that's the nature of our friendship. Like like you're talking about like do you go home afterwards and like locking the door just doesn't do it for you? You're- oh yeah. Oh yeah, Joe. We we watched uh the recent uh HBO miniseries Chernobyl together. Mhm. Holy shit. That is some heavy <laughs> disturbing stuff, you know? We just like to expose ourselves to the horrors that humanity is capable of basically. It's like oh. a cathartic thing for us. So yeah, that's 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 a shout out, Suzanne. Let's <laughs> go, go watch that horror movie. I don't get to watch horror movies with a lot of people. You know, I I actually know a lot of people that are that are really into movies and stuff. But when it comes to horror, they're just like, eh, no thanks. Real real life is enough. You're you're gonna have to start dragging me along because I used to love them, but my tolerance is low because Matt can't do them at all. Like yeah. Exactly. And if you do build up a tolerance, like yep. I, I went back and just started to watch, you know, a scary movie here and I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. I need to I need to I need to kickstart this somehow, but now is not the time. Oh, I've got a whole method of of sort of indoctrinating people into like watching horror movies where we start with, you know, kind of ramp things up. You start slow and ramp things up and before you know it, you're watching some crazy shit. <laughs> so yeah, we could do that definitely. Awesome, awesome. Well, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Uh, we are now the Geek to Geek Media Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows such as the Geek to Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and Sometimes Rob. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Twiddle Power, and make sure to join our Reddit community community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? Oh, as always, I'm all over social media at RayVargas3, which is my username. So most mostly these days I'm on Twitter, definitely on Instagram, um, a little bit on Facebook. Uh, just go to user RayVargas3 and you'll find me there. Also, if you want to see some of my artwork, you can go to RayVargas3.com and check that out. Awesome. All right, yeah, guys, fo- follow me on Twitter if you want uh, Comic Con updates next <laughs> next yeah, week. Twitter, Twitter and Slack. Yep. Twitter and Slack. <laughs> um, and and that's what we're doing next week. So it should be fun. Keep. I, I know our social media has been quiet lately. Um, it's you know it's been a very hard year for the two of us. <laughs> we've gone through some stuff. So uh, we're trying to get back into the groove. We you know you know we've, we're committed because Ray's got the new mic. So we've got to you know we've got to work off the. <laughs> The, the mic for a little bit. Hell yeah, but, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're we're trying, we're trying. I mean, like it, it just never stops. Like I tried to publish the last um, episode that we recorded today, and um, and my our our website just didn't exist anymore. Whoa, what the? A big old error message, and and it took me about an hour to figure out that I just had to go into my web host and click a button and it was fine, but I don't know how long it's been like that. Um, <laughs> like so I, I'm looking for us. You're wondering where we went. 
I don't know where we went, but we're back. <laughs> like how you just take that stuff in stride. You're just like, oh, well, <laughs> that at happened. This, at this point, it's just like, okay, we're going to be, this is it. This is the run where we don't break, where we don't miss a week. And then life happens and we're like, well, <laughs> we meant well. But we're here still. We're here. But we're still here. We're not yeah, pod fading. We're just, <laughs> we're just tripping over a bunch of shit. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you soon. Until next week, keep it geek. Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about World of Warcraft and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that.